You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, and formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog. Now I am all the time over here on Locked On. Quick uh, note, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com, reliably low prices, the only site you'll ever need for your car. So we have some minor news. We have some interesting things from around the league as well to discuss. Kind of save the minor news and the around the league stuff for segment three. We'll break down the game today. That's three in a row. That's a win streak for the Indians. If you listen to Tuesday's show, I said that, uh, I mean, I even titled it in the the notes that Jake Bauer should play even though he's been terrible because what is Kenta Maeda really bad against? It's lefties, and that's for his entire career. And I know watching the game today, and they were kind of amazed by how much he's struggling and what he is tipping compared to a year ago. And again, the big thing with Kenta Maeda always been more of like a 4-5. Last year, he feasted on bad teams. And that's not to say that he wasn't hitting his spots and doing certain things better. But the level of competition he faced last year was unlike anything he has faced in his previous seasons in the majors. And, you know, not to toot my own horn too much, but come on, you got to give it to me. Powers with his best game of the year, two for three. Uh, When's the last time he got two hits in a week, let alone a game. It was just nice to see him get out there and do that. He had a double as well. Now, only one of those two hits came off of, uh, uh, the other one came off of uh, Theo Barr, so he didn't necessarily uh, do all the damage against Maeda. But I discussed, in this situation, Naylor did the outfield and uh, Luplo to center field, and that's exactly what the Indians did for this matchup. Uh, Luplo, a little bit of a struggle, still got a walk, and I'm not going to talk about RBIs. Because they're worthless, and I'm not going to get into that debate. Jose Ramirez, uh, big game for him, and Franmel. Uh, Franmel had two home runs in this one. That gives him the team lead with seven. Uh, we had a moment there where Jose Ramirez and Franmel and Luplo were all tied for the team lead. Uh, they were all tied for the team lead yesterday. Well, I guess now yesterday, two days ago, by the time this podcast posts. And it's been a fun competition with those three. And you're seeing Jose Ramirez's OPS start to go back up again. So also a big thing. Uh, Eddie Rosario, not his strongest offensive game. But it was interesting that uh, he threw someone out. He's got a great arm. The Twins should know that better than any team. Uh, when we had Nash Walker on, he talked about you don't run on Eddie. And the Twins uh, got ran themselves into an out. Uh, Josh Naylor with one hit also had some nice defensive plays out there uh, after some of the struggles and foibles for him in the outfield, a good game. And then Roberto Perez and uh, Jimenez, games to forget for both of them, three strikeouts for Perez. Jimenez had an error. He did get a walk. So who reached base twice in this one? That would be Cesar Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, Fran Mil Reyes, Jake Bowers, who also had a walk. Uh, <laughs> three times he reached base, just something we're not used to. Uh, Savali, seven and two-thirds, eight hits, four runs, zero walks, four strikeouts, gave up the one home run. Karen Chalk came in and got a save, second of the year. He pitched one and one-third innings, struck out two, really mowed him down in the ninth inning. 
The Indians also managed to get two hit by pitches, one to Naylor, one to Luplo. All in all, it was a strong game, but we have to talk about specifically how this kind of played out in terms of just when Savali switched to the stretch and then the eighth inning, which was from the both sides. I mean, it's just a crazy inning. So let's start with Savali. As I mentioned, he switched to the stretch, and when he was doing that, at that point in time, the Twins already had three runs, I believe, and it was a tie game. And then in the fifth, sixth, and seventh, he shuts them down in order. Comes out there in the eighth, gets first two outs, that's 11 in a row, then gives up the home run to Byron Buxton, who's been the best hitter uh, for the Twins all year. He actually has seven home runs as well, tying him with Framil Reyes. Buxton has always had loud tools. It's just a question of health more than anything else with him. But he gets that run there, uh, which at that point in time, Cleveland already has the lead that uh, makes it a one-run game. <laughs> Let's talk about the Indians here in the eighth. Uh, so, you know, another pat myself on the back moment. Alex Colome talked about, singled him out over the on Monday show, and he has now twice come back to help the Indians. Not that they necessarily needed the insurance runs, but, uh, I mean, who doesn't want insurance runs? Strikes out for Anmel. Hits Josh Naylor. Jake Bowers then walks. Roberto Perez strikes out swinging. Then you have a walk by Jimenez. And you have a walk by Cesar Hernandez. That scores a run. Now, if you're keeping track at home, that's hit by pitch and three walks in a row. So they get a run without putting the ball in play. Then Luplo gets hit. That's a second insurance run. That is three walks, two hit by pitches in one inning. The Indians never put the ball in play. Ramirez strikes out. Perez strikes out. And Framo Reyes strikes out. The it, it was a strikeout or someone got hit or walked. The Indians got two runs, and there was no even out recorded uh, by hitting the ball. They didn't. The ball never went in play. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, where the way that all the outs are recorded by the strikeout and a team gets two runs through walks and hit batters. It's just it, it was crazy to watch. Uh, as it was occurring, and I, I just kind of sat there mesmerized by the whole ordeal of it. But again, it's uh, for the Indians, this is a win that gets them back to 500 in terms of the division. Uh, a bit early to look at such things, but the uh, the Royals lead the division, and the Royals have the entering the day had the best record in baseball, as we all predicted. Uh, White Sox in second at 12 and 10, Indians in third at 11 and 11. Tigers at eight and sixteen, and in the basement, the Twins at seven and fifteen. Tomorrow's matchup is the one that scared me the most in this series. That's Logan Allen against J.A. Happ. Uh, the Indians should have some advantages with Happ. We'll dig into the his breakdown in the second half of the show. But as I've discussed with Logan Allen, he, I'm just, I want to be sold. I, I liked when they acquired him. But there's something about a guy when his best pitch is the changeup. It just guys, I don't know if it's that hitters are looking for it or because there's too much separation and speed between the fastball and changeup and the fastball, fastball, no, fastball is kind of a middling offering that, you know, you're looking for the change and you can, for these hitters, they might be able to pick up very quickly. Okay, so there's too much, if there's too much separation, you can then tell what's coming your way. And there's really only one pitch that is one that, you know, does a whole lot. The rest are average to below. So we'll see what happens here with uh, Logan Allen. I would love to see him bounce back. I do think there's a world where he is a 
solid back-end starter for a long time. I just think over the years of watching, I gain more knowledge from failure than success. That's just the truth of the matter. And when I sit back and think about like someone like Logan Allen, where I was significantly higher at points than the rest of the scouting community, it's like, what did I, where am I missing? And you kind of start looking at things like that. Or Aaron Savali, where I was significantly lower. Uh, I don't think I ever had him as a top 15 prospect. And I always thought, well, he's got the fastball slider. He's going to be a reliever. And in fairness to me, most people I talked with thought he was also going to be a reliever. Uh, just that's where the profile was. And then it, it got elevated. Uh, and again, I kind of, the fastball in that case became a, a much stronger pitch than what it looked like in the minors. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I take that time and I look at what did I miss here? And again, it is sometimes you just you learn what secondary offerings have a little bit more value and what secondary offerings in terms of how much you want them to appear the same. You know, it's like you go and you look at some of those pitching ninja stuff where, a pitch looks identical until the last moment, and then the breaks can really mess with people and 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 stuff like that. So I, I really did have to dig deep on Logan Allen. I am of any game in the series. This is the one that uh, gave me the most concerns. I mean, the Barrios game was. I mean, I, I'll be honest. It's like I said. I thought that this was a series where I was hoping for one. They've already taken two, so I'm I'm gonna be happy no matter what happens tomorrow even more happy if they can even more happy even happier if they can get the sweep obviously uh thursday is in the off day and then it is a matchup against the chicago white Sox over the weekend before going out to kansas city to face the best team in the american league that's right best team in the american league the kansas city royals i'll throw some stats at you for uh well uh, definitely before monday's show but i'll throw a few more stats uh, about the royals in the second uh, in the third segment just because it's uh, interesting what is progressing with the Royals in the early going. After that is uh, a matchup against the Reds. The Indians, again, three games in a row. That's a win streak. They had seven runs on nine hits and one error. The Twins had four runs on eight hits. Twins managed zero walks, though. So that's where, you know, you look at the traditional box score, and it's kind of letting you down. The Indians had five walks and two hit batters so they had those additional seven base runners which is why you know it when you look at nine to eight hits you're like oh those are close but seven additional base runners is huge especially when five of them occur in a row to turn into two runs uh three stars of the game before we stop for our first commercial break and franmel reyes went deep twice that's an easy one jose ramirez going two for four and the walk you know, I, I feel like I, and one being the home run. And Savali, four runs over seven and two thirds. Do I go there? In this case, I'm not. <laughs> Normally, 99% of the time, I would take that outing. But I don't know how many opportunities I'm going to get to give uh, Jake Bowers a three star performance. He reached base three times. He came to the plate four times, reached base three times. He is, in the third segment, I'm going to talk about some players they released from the minor leagues. And. 90% of the comments was DFA Bowers, which it's kind of cruddy to do on multiple levels. First off being you're seeing some players kind of career die and you're trying to be funny. But uh, yeah, so Bowers has struggled. He has struggled mightily. So let's give him a star while we can. Let's uh, reward a really, I mean, it's a strong day. Uh, again, one can debate if it's stronger in Savali's, but he had a very strong day at the plate. 
Our first sponsor of the day is Blue Nile. And remember, if you want to check out their fantastic new ring collection over at Blue Nile, if you just type Blue Nile 1010 into Google, that'll take you right to where you want to go. These are all rel- um, what are they? responsibly sourced is the correct terminology for the diamonds from Botswana. All 10 designs are by female design masters and each have a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or just a simply a beautiful conversation piece. I think it's really awesome because it's not just the ring there. You go and it's a profile. It's it's You get to see and find out about this designer and their thoughts on this. It gives you a backstory to uh, a piece of jewelry. I mean, I feel like I get it very intimidated if I shop for jewelry. So something like that is a big bonus where there is a backstory. There's more to it. I can be like, oh, this is who designed it. And this was their thoughts. And I, there was like two and three, two or three in there that I particularly thought were really cool. So go check that out for yourself. Remember, you're going to, if you type Blue Nile 10 by 10 or just Blue Nile 1010, that'll take you right to their site. Go check it out for yourself today. Really cool idea. Really cool product. Our other sponsor is Rock Auto. Rock Auto has been with us for over a year now. Hard to believe, right? So Rock Auto, if it's your first time listening, they are a family-owned business that they have like a central location. And from there, they uh, are able to cut down overhead. I mean, anyone who's had a business knows how much overhead there is when you have a series of shops or when you're having a bunch of materials and places they don't do that. They have they keep everything in one place. They mail it out to you when you need it. That allows you to have reliably low prices and to get the prices on the parts and pieces that you want for your car. You're not going to have to get the part that, you know, the place you're going to has. This way you get the part you want at a great price. Go check it out for yourself. I always say it's a great self-advocacy tool. I'm not self-advocacy. It's a great tool for, you know, yourself so you know that you are getting a good price a good deal on any part for your car it's one of those things that not everyone knows about i'm one of those people who don't know about my car so having that ability to double check to make sure that the place you're going is giving you a good price is always something reliable and is always something good to have again that is rockauto.com and when you go there in the little how'd you hear about us box Say Locked On, Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB, some form of Locked On to let them know that the Locked On Network sent you there and that they should continue their sponsorship. Like I said, it's been over a year. So uh, thank you to everyone who has gone to their site and checked it out. They also have a jingle, like an animated one you can go check out for yourself. Uh, so go do that. That's also something entertaining you can do with uh, 30 seconds of your time. J.A. Happ. He is the matchup tomorrow, so let's go dig into him. He uh, made his debut back in 2007. He's one of those guys where you look back, and he's had an exceptionally long career. A lot of ups and downs. It kind of took him a while to land a starting gig, and it wasn't really till 2015 where he had a, a run of opportunities as a starter. When you're talking about Hap, so far this year, he has arguably been, been the Twins' best pitcher, an ERA of 169, a FIP of 378, good overall performances. Again, uh, his last outing, 7-1 scoreless innings. It was against the Pirates. I don't know if that counts really when you get into the grand scheme of, do the Pirates count as a major league team right now? Uh, and for anyone wants to, you know, sick burn back, uh, yeah, I don't know sometimes if the Indians offense counts as a major league team with the way they had had been playing, but let's get into this. 
It is interesting with Hap that his K rate is less than 0.5 different between a lefty and a righty. Those are very similar. His walk rate is under a run different. So his K to walk ratio is only about a 0.6 differential between the two. Home run rate is about 0.4, so it's a little bit higher than some of the other guys we talked about, but still not a massive difference. Even his bat pips are 280 and 286. Across the board, it is, you go through some of that data, the separator is average. Batting average versus right-handers is at 251 versus left-handers is at 236. His FIP is at 359 versus a 440. So about, what, 0.8 difference, which is not, this is not, you know, the Kentai Maeda huge split. With Maeda, I was like, you have to play Bowers even though he's struggling because lefties have a much better chance. That isn't the case here. J.A. Happ does pitch better against lefties, as you'd expect the left-handed pitcher to pitch. But he's still, he's not that much significantly better against them. It's it's not a huge margin. It's a lot of little things, and you definitely want to load up with the right-handers to get an advantage, but it is not the significant one. I wouldn't necessarily play uh, a scuffling right-handed player. I, for If I'm the Indians, you know, you're definitely going to let, you know, loop low out there because it's a lefty, but he's someone where, you know, if you're having him in, in center or if you put him in right, however they want to align it, if they have Naylor at first base again, put Rosario in center field, how we had seen a little bit more, that would make sense. They don't, you know, it's not going to be that situation where you're trying to necessarily overload him his split is not significant compared to some of the other players we've talked about you just want to get your best players on the field for him that's how I look at this data this is how I that being said again I'm still going to favor the twins in the matchup tomorrow I have pitched well Logan Allen has been up and down Uh, that's probably not what people want to hear but that is still how I am going to look at that matchup Having said this, let's go check out our sponsor, Bet Online, and see if they agree or disagree with me when it comes to the fact that the uh, the Twins, in my mind, should be the favorites. Remember that website is again BetOnline.ag. I go there as I am reading the ad to check out the line every single time. And if you're someone who goes there and you sign up for an account, use the promo code Locked On to get a five zero fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Uh, so yes, they have Logan Allen getting a run and a half. Over under at eight and a half. So they've been bumping those lines up. Now that could also be because if you remember back to Monday, it was seven, it was eight uh, for the Tuesday game. And every single one of these games have been the over, obviously. So it's eight and a half in this one. And the reason it could be up there is A, uh, performance, and B, Logan Allen struggles. Indians get a run and a half in this one. That's about what I would have expected or guessed. I didn't know a whole lot about sports gambling and the like until I started going to betonline.ag, and now I'm starting to gain a little bit of knowledge. Go check it out for yourself. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON50 to get, or I'm sorry, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. So should we start with the news around the league or the, the Indians ones? Let's start news around the league that I promised. Uh, Mike Talkman. I had been kind of intrigued in the Indians trying to trade for him. He got traded to the Giants for Wandy Peralta and a player to be named later. Talkman had been a really solid contributor and a really strong defender for the Yankees. 
Uh, I know they have too many outfielders. Wandy Peralta has a negative career war. He is left-handed, but he's been not particularly good as a left-handed reliever in 192 innings. Uh, I mean, in 2020, he had a strong performance. Uh, outside of that, it's been ERAs over five almost every single year for his career. It's an ERA of 472. Uh, his FIP is for his career 484. He is not a good left-handed reliever. He is a left-handed reliever. But, I mean, that's if he was a righty, he probably wouldn't be pitching anymore. It's one of those things lefties last forever. We'll have to see what the player to be named later is. But right now, that looks like a really solid get by the San Francisco Giants, uh, who could use an outfielder right now with some players banged up. Uh, For the Yankees, it's definitely kind of selling low. Uh, And I still would have liked to have seen the Indians get in uh, on that deal. Uh, Another point, Rob Manfred has said that Major League Baseball would consider expansion fees in the range of $2.2 billion for new franchises, though there are no current plans to add teams. Uh, if they kind of have what the fee structure is in place, uh, there may not be plans, but there's been talks. Let's put it that way. And I would not be surprised to see them expand. It's been a while since they did it. Uh, you look at the size of the league, you could make it go for it. Plus, remember... billion split amongst the owners. And again, I don't want to hear about these owners crying monetary losses. I I go back to reading an article about how when Forbes is releasing its like richest people list that that the learners uh, saw like a was it a two hundred thousand dollar increase in their net wealth in the last year? That's right, they had a increase in their net wealth during the pandemic, but they dropped twenty spots because so many the rich did very well in the pandemic. So for as much as these owners complain about loss, uh, and I understand football actually got to have some fans in the stadium and they got to do a little bit more and they have likely larger profit margins in general. But still, uh, again, eventually they're going to expand, I would bet, within the next 10 years. And that could be a reason why an owner doesn't want to sell because $2.2 billion split amongst the owners is a nice chunk of change, and that is something that's going to come the way to uh, eventually to whoever owns the Cleveland Indians. Uh, again, I think they would be silly to not expand. Uh, there's so many places. I mean, Man- uh, Rob Manford went on to mention places that, the in- that uh, expansion could happen. Charlotte, Las Vegas, Montreal, Nashville, Portland, and Vancouver. So they're not planning anything, but he had a list of places off the top of his head that could make sense. Uh, In my mind, that means that they are beginning the process. Like the plans are not concrete, but the plans are there. And that this is going to be a way for the league and for owners specifically to recoup a little bit of the lost assets from the 2020 and 2021 season, because the, the overall, I mean, the gate will be down this year. It's not going to be as dramatic as a year ago. Uh, nobody should be that strapped based on what's happening. But it's something we have to pay attention to. It's something we have to discuss. And I think the last two years are just going to make it even more likely and make it something that's going to happen sooner, that expansion is on the horizon. 
Two former Indians retired. Uh, Yonder Alonzo. Okay, I know his run wasn't the best, but he's joining MLB Network. He got a, a gig right from the start there, so good for him. And then the other one makes me a little sad. Hector Rondon is retiring. Hector, there was the Latin triumvirate. If when I started writing about the minors of Hector Rondon, Kevin Kelvin De La Cruz, and Genmar Gomez, De La Cruz was the big name of the group at the time, and ended up being the least successful. Uh, Genmar was probably the least heralded, and didn't become the most successful, but carved out a solid career. Uh, the Indians had these three, and this is a time when the minors were not good. These were like three star players in their minor leagues. And they got, like, nothing from any of them. Uh, none of these guys ever pitched, really, for the Indians. Rondon got hurt. He was a two-pitch guy. Uh, he just had amazing fastball control. And he went on to have a very successful career. Uh, eight years in the big leagues, saved 92 games, was the Cubs' closer from 2014 through uh, 2016. Really strong pitcher. The Indians could have used him. Uh Again, he was hurt, and he had never really been given that chance, and he was a two-pitch guy. And another one of those Rule 5 losses we've talked about. Uh, if you go back to the Rule 5 podcast where I bring up like the five, great, five greatest Rule 5 players in Indians history, and they're all junk. You know, there's not a great player in that mix. For the Indians, there's no one who is even like an average regular but like in the last 10 years, the Indians have lost Hector Rondon and Santander, uh, who are both players that uh, borderline all-star types. So it's just amazing to me. And those are just those two. You can find even more. The Indians have had such bad luck both ways in the Rule 5, but had to mention Hector Rondon uh, and Yonder Alonso. I don't think we're going to have time. I don't know why I'm looking at my watch instead of the recording to get to some fun Kansas City facts. So very quickly, Carlos Santana update. Uh, he is up to a 136 runs created plus, and his average is like 30 points higher. His on-base, though, is only 13 points higher. And what's really driving him is he's got five home runs so far this year in like 20 games. Last year he had eight home runs in 60 games. So you're looking at a significant increase. He only had four doubles or seven doubles. He's already has four this year. So that's that's what's really driving him. His power output's been uh, great for him. And then uh, you have to mention, you just got to mention Danny Duffy. He's almost got a one uh, a war of one. Because so far through four starts, and you know he did beat up the Indians, ERA of .39. So good on Danny Duffy. That's your quick stat hit on the Royals. So let's talk about the Indians did announce two releases today. Uh, and this is just going to be the beginning. With the cutting of a minor league affiliate, there's just not as many spots. And with the draft coming up, uh, yes, they kind of had some pre-cuts in a way because the draft last year was five rounds and they had six picks. And that meant that there were uh, just, you know, normally there'd be another 20-odd players added to the minors that weren't added last year. So let's quickly give a moment. Uh, Tyler Fries, Fries, I probably should have looked deeper in his name. Uh, and that's on me. I didn't really get to see him in his short time in Akron. He was just a good organizational soldier. Shortstop, second baseman, third baseman, 21st round pick out of Indiana State best tool was the fact that he could play a lot of positions and he was pretty much cast as a 
backup utility guy from the drop. Never really a starter in the the minor league system. Could play a few positions. Uh, final year of college, you know, he hit 322 with a 405 uh, on base, 422 slugging, 827 OPS. In the minors, his OPS was 658. It was a 236, 328, 330, 658 OPS. Uh, he was a serviceable backup for a minor league team, and his release was just they have so many infielders now. <laughs> There's going to be a prospect. I'll be curious to see how they handle them because there's so many guys where you look at it, you talk about like Junior uh, Santa Quinn and Jose Tenia and Richie Palacios and uh, Jordis Valdez and Miguel Cairo. Like, is there going to be a legit prospect who's more of a backup than a starter? It might be because they have so many shortstops. I don't know how they're going to, they could have a whole team of shortstops uh, in Lake County if they really wanted to. So I'll be curious to see how they handle it. But when you are a shortstop, second baseman, utility infield type, they just have so many of those players that this was not a surprise. Uh, he did get up to double A. I think anyone who gets up to double A, that is an impressive feat. I mean, to get drafted is an impressive feat, let's be honest. But to get to double A, to get to play three years, would have been four years if not for what happened with the minors a year ago. Uh, good on Tyler. And then Mitch Reeves, who was a 32nd round pick in 2017 from Florida Southern College. Uh, he, before that, he was at High Point University, which I want to say is where Cody Allen was at, uh, did not overlap. Reeves is a first baseman outfielder, third baseman. Uh, he, his final year, I believe, yeah, he had some ungodly numbers at Florida Southern, uh, smaller program. And he was okay in the minors like good production you look at his stat line 281 batting average 377 on base that's great 408 slugging 785 ops always old fairs level though always the guy who was more than just the first baseman uh never made it to double a because he was a first baseman and this is more you know he split time in between lynch uh lynchburg and lake county he the indians probably feel like he didn't have a spot that they already know who's going to be their first baseman in double a and with that loss of the minor league affiliate level he just gets squeezed out there's not a a place for a first base dh type again because honestly you talk about the shortstop depth in system it's going to be a situation where you might have a rotation like someone's dh'ing one day shortstop the other day second base the other day maybe third base on another. I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to rotate to get everyone at bats. And when that happens, that means there isn't a DH spot available to a guy who's a first base only prospect. And, you know, th- there's some guys like Ulysses Cantu has not hit. He has not played well uh, for them, but he was a day two pick who they gave six figures to. He is younger. He's still going to get that opportunity to play a first base over someone like uh, Mitch Reeves. Is that necessarily fair i i mean you understand that there was a scouting profile they liked they paid heavily for it. they want to see what that player can do reeves might have outperformed him but also had the advantage of multiple years of age it's always hard to guess on things like that likelihood was neither are likely to be future major leaguers maybe they end up being wrong but right now you know i i, I tip my cap to reeves uh to mitch and to tyler putting in their time, 
getting to play pro ball is something very few people can claim. No one can ever take that away from them. And like I said, those are two players released now as they're kind of finalizing the minor league system and where players are going to end up. And I think that they are far from the last ones we will hear talked about. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. Hit me up with questions on Twitter. It's gotten really, I know I'm not on there a ton posting, but it's gotten very silent when I jump in. It's always good to have a little bit more fodder for the podcast to answer some questions. Tomorrow's show, a uh, special guest is going to be a Cleveland crossover with uh, Locked on Cavs, Chris Manning. He expressed some frustrations in the group chat, and I said, hey, why don't you jump on the video chat, and we'll uh, sit down and talk some Indians baseball. So he's going to join us tomorrow. Remember to check on Locked on Today for all your breaking news uh, with post Peter Bukowski. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Draft content is soon to follow. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.